Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us for Married at First Sight. Before we get into any of the details, I have to get us a little bit off track. A very big thank you to two friends. First, our friend Amber at Twitter, in for the long run. The four is a number four. As well as Ashley at Instagram is parrot underscore Ashley. These two have immensely helped Leon's curly girl journey. I have tried many methods over the years, you know, nicely buying products. It turned into bullying at one point, but no, we're here. He has a bonnet. We have leave-in conditioner. We have a cream that he's willing to use. Thank you for your help in my journey to get him to appreciate his gorgeous curls. I still have a few questions. I get the leave-in conditioner, right? Give your hair some hydration and the bonnet, but I am such a novice when it comes to hair care that I have a, a one question really is, and mind you, when folks give me suggestions, you should, you should come at, they needs to be the easiest <laughs> suggestion in the, in the face of the world. Like I need to follow something so basic. For example, shower, hair's wet, tap dry, put on hella conditioner, then put the bonnet on. I- I'm chilling. So then wait, like, did you do your curling cream? Oh, I no, know you didn't. No, I no. that explains the only, it. All, the only thing I'm doing is the leave-in conditioner. But I have a question. I don't wash my hair every day, so in the in-betweens, do I put more leave-in conditioner, or what do I do in the in-betweens? So you could do the spray bottle method, which is a little bit of either leave-in conditioner, or I've seen people do it with regular conditioner. I believe it's like I don't know what the ratio is. I think it's half-half. Put it in a spray bottle. And like wet your hair to get it like rehydrated, get that curl back. That's what I've seen people do. I tend to just do like water and gel in mine because mine is always the fight to keep the curl. Everything wants to fall flat and frizzy, but you have so much more curl than me. The only other issue I have is that once my hair reaches a certain length, it is a fro, but it starts to be mixed with a fro, but it's so heavy. And obviously with leave-in conditioner, it makes it even heavier. It tends to want to sort of lay down, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a big fan of that look. I'm more of a fan of the fro look, but that's something I am debating on whether do I trim the hair to create more of the fro look or just let it grow out because I've I have challenged how long I can get the hair to go <laughs> once before and I'm doing it again, but I did it right this time where I can legit go all of winter and rock big hair and I think it would get super long. Your longest last time was in the hottest portion of summer and that's what made you just shave it all off. I was done. It was it was too <laughs> much weight. It was too much heat. It was a, and inevitably it does become it's a ton of shampoo and now it's going to be a lot of conditioner. Thank goodness it comes in a huge uh, jug. (laughs) We have product for days. You'll be fine. Had to start off with that before we get into these people. Because some of them are going to about to crash and burn. You know, we didn't actually try to incorporate my hair story with this episode. But it (laughs) actually lines up perfectly. Oh, you're right. That was weird. Okay, the way we're going to do this episode is we are going to go couple by couple, and then we are going to move into all of the group hangouts. 
I personally don't love the group hangouts. I feel like this is a show about marriage and we spend a lot of time making friends, which I'm not here for. My memory is so bad. I've always said I love the honeymoons. I can't remember if I said, I've probably been in agreements with you that some of the group settings are a bit dumb, but it's because the group settings in the honeymoon for me tend to create really fun moments that I enjoy watching. That's true. It is entertaining. So I will give them that. But I, I totally understand your perspective where you say, I am more interested in this couple, their story, not adults making friends. And this is my other issue with it is, could we use some of this friend time to possibly do a virtual therapy session? Can we bring in the experts versus like, Boating. I don't know. Like, we already have massive problems showing up, and these people have no help. This theme better not continue for another season where we see the experts twice. It was previewed that we may see the experts shortly. I think so. Someone said the D word, and then it summoned them like magic. But before we get into that, because I cannot wait to talk about that alone... (laughs) (laughs) Let's start off with Becca and Austin. A very small segment for them. After the group hangout, which I realize it's kind of weird the way we're doing it this week, but stay with us. (laughs) After the group hangout, Becca joins Austin in the hammock and they're kind of debriefing on what they talked about with the group. And Austin admits to downplaying their relationship because he doesn't want to make anyone else feel bad. This does bother Becca. She does seem a little upset. And she says that by extinguishing your own candle doesn't ignite someone else's. I did not agree with Becca on this. Oh, really? I think I would. And I'm not. I don't know what the right thing is. I think I would be more like Austin. Whereas we could even use not even love. Like, let's say money let's just say i'm making a boatload of money Mm -hmm. i don't really want to put that in my friends faces that i have all this money i can do whatever and maybe they're struggling like i think that's definitely not going to make someone feel good i guess that's true because initially i was thinking like well what's wrong with the truth but in terms of money i would never bring up money at all ever but i don't know if someone asks how your relationship is going gosh I'm trying to like find the counter argument, but I would have done exactly what he has done. Like he said it was going really good and eventually alluded to, you know, no, no issues. Like it's going really well. He was, he just wasn't so, you know, happy and excited and super vocal about it. (laughs) The way he did it was so downplaying though. Oh, for sure. Like almost too much though. I think there could have been a better medium. Wow. Now this counters what I thought about Austin. Remember in our latest collab, I mentioned a callback to the after party show Mm -hmm. where you can read people by their actions. And I mentioned that just the way Austin sounded when he was talking about his relationship with Becca, it didn't sound like a married man who's like happy and has all these great experiences. But I'm like, wait, what if he's trying to not put that in people's faces that have maybe gotten divorced Mm, okay but he's still married so now this is almost it's giving me more of a light more of hope that they can make or they did make it 
Oh, because he's kind of reserved. Right, he's trying to hide it a little bit. He, he doesn't okay. want to throw it in our face. Now that, wow, this is is changing my perspective. So you feel more confident now. I do. Okay, that's good. Because I want them to make it very badly. Moving on to Emily and Brennan. We start off by seeing her hand totally swollen, visibly swollen, and they are not giving her any care. She got more care later on for her hair than we've seen her get for her potentially broken wrist. Now, we've been to Mexico, Mm -hmm. and they're in a resort area, so I would assume there is a decent doctor you can go to to at least get some like cheap x-rays. Yes, and they're significantly cheaper there. Significantly cheaper, as well as any medicine you may need. Yes. Now, I wonder if they'll reveal it in the future, but the fact that she had a cast on on the after party show, I imagine she probably like broke her wrist. Yeah, or or a fracture or something. I would assume. That poor girl, just later in the van, we see her just have like a garbage bag of ice on it. That's the best they can do. She is such a trooper. For doing the flyboarding. If all like imagine anything you do with your hand hurting, like gripping, and you're potentially crashing into water <laughs> from an elevated point, that could I could just imagine that would be extremely painful. I know. Your instinct is gonna be to put your hand down. What are you gonna do? Just like tuck and put your shoulder out? Like tuck and roll. I guess. Tuck and roll. Although in theory there's not much rolling in the water no not just just flopping (laughs) (laughs) brennan says that this shows that she is motivated and he thinks that she is a catch brennan is he seems like a cool enough dude but just how monotone he is it's so hard to read him and know what he finds enjoyable the monotone did he just hide it Because I didn't notice how bad it was until this episode. Was he just being more animated because like everything is new and so you want to put your best foot forward? And this is kind of him getting a little bit more comfortable because boy, I was like, is he hating this or is he just monotone and this is how he is? We saw that her hair was very matted and tangled, her being Emily, after she was in the water, but I didn't see how bad it was until they were back at the hotel. Later on in the episode, after they do kind of the boat excursion, the lunch, everything, the crew gets her, I'm guessing, a hairstylist of some sort to come in and help take her extensions out so that she could have a brush through it again. A few things. I've never had extensions. (laughs) No. But it looks like when you have them, they are in. I mean, like, they they are not coming out. I think so. And then, of course, the tangle on top of that. You're cutting. You're cutting everything. Give me some knowledge here. Are extensions almost, like, braided into your hair? Well, you can get sewn-in pieces, or you can get... I mean, there's little, like extensions you can just clip to your hair but most people are going to do like a glue or a sew you were judging the hairstylist (laughs) work i was i'm sorry from my perspective it seemed like they were doing the best job they could with what they had becca could have done a better job as far as 
Apparently, this person came with no tools. We're using pliers. That's probably from the crew. And then scissors from, you can tell it's a scissors from like a nail grooming kit. Like if you just gave Becca those tools, she would have gotten the same result. Oh, I see what you mean. Sorry, I said that a really weird roundabout way. I was like, what do you mean, Becca? She wasn't the one taking the... <laughs> I just mean because she kind out. of in the van made it sure a little better. They also skipped it, but I was curious if Emily also got a haircut in that process or just got them taken out. I think an unintentional, unwanted haircut. Oh, I see. I see. Like that end section that they like were pulling towards the side. He just straight cut that. He was he was done with it. <laughs> so on to Claire and Cameron. Claire is grinding my gears. She always has a little backhanded comment. All these comments are negative. Every, like she doesn't realize what she's doing. I would imagine the way the season started, if folks didn't call that out, maybe they wouldn't have noticed, but it's becoming so obvious. It's really hard to ignore. Like even something simple, like shopping for the swim trunks. She had like negative comments. I'm like, just let the man pick some swim trunks. I would imagine Cameron has never had this type of personality in a relationship. Maybe not. Very opinionated. They go and do a splatter paint experience. And Claire wants to see a side of him that isn't so serious. Ma'am. Ma'am. I do wonder, you know, before where Claire mentioned that just in her family, you kind of just speak how you feel and your emotions or whatever it may be. I do wonder if I get it. That's good. That's healthy. But I feel like Claire also needs to learn the concept of some things just shouldn't be said. Yeah. Like some things just you keep to yourself and you move on. There doesn't need to be a comment about it or definitely not a negative comment about it. And her saying that she wants to see a side of him that isn't so serious made me laugh because I was like, you're the serious one. He's trying to joke, even if it's his unique humor. You mentioned something interesting there. When she mentioned that he's so serious, but we've talked about either he has a sense of humor or he has a sense of humor that folks maybe don't understand, but that in a way you're saying that he does know how to not be serious. Mm -hmm. She's just really not playful. And I did actually like seeing them come out of their box a little bit at the beginning. Can I say Cam instead of Cameron or is that rude? It's probably might, rude. Might be a little rude. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't go by that. So at the beginning of the paint session, Cameron says that he was born with a paintbrush in his hand. And Claire, instead of like adding to the joke, Claire says, that's news to me. I'm like, oh, that just killed the joke. <laughs> Claire says she's still not sure if he's attracted to her. And I swear this man has told her since the wedding. Like we've seen it multiple times. Did I make that up in my head? Because I know for sure it happened at the wedding and I thought it happened early in the honeymoon as well. I think it was a comment where he mentions like you looked stunning at the altar. But in a way you are complimenting someone's beauty. Yeah. This was interesting. I didn't know in this type of paint setting you're supposed to eventually just throw paint at each other. Yeah. You apparently just... Go ham. I mean, it looks fun. It does. And I'm assuming the paint is just some easily, you know, washable stuff. 
But there was one more comment that it was so slick, but it still bugged me. So we know Cameron has a master's in, I think, mechanical engineering. Yeah. Some type of engineering. I wasn't sure which one. And he's, he's trying to like fine tune his art. Which I thought this was pretty fucking annoying. But then Claire like (laughs) splatters his painting, which I thought was kind of rude. But she mentions that, oh, you probably have some super logical way to do it. And I'm just like, yeah, I I get it. Maybe she was trying to be funny, but I'm just like, eh, are you poking at the fact that he's an engineer? I I couldn't really tell. No, remember he just fixes little bikes. Yeah, that wasn't a good look. (laughs) But then it's funny because Cameron goes in on Claire and really like really throws paint on her like a lot. So I took her little flick after he said like don't contribute to my painting as like her aggression coming out like a little like ah take that and he was like bam <laughs> take that. To me it felt like Cameron had more pent up aggression yes. or whatever it may be <laughs> in this moment because he was really going in on this. That was a hard throw honestly. <laughs> That was, I think, the first time we heard a real laugh from Claire. Cameron says that he likes her. He likes when she smiles and is having fun because it makes him feel like she's more attracted to him. She keeps asking if Cameron is attracted to her. But has she done anything to make him feel a little bit more comfortable to know that she is attracted to him? And I don't think so. Walking to the chairs to have a conversation after the paint splattering, we get another classic Claire comment. She says, I sometimes feel like you're a large kid. What everyone wants to hear about four days in. We were, or excuse me, when we were watching this, I made the comment of, it's a bit odd that she's calling him a tall kid because this man is a business owner He has his master's degree from what we can tell has his life together. It just feels odd to be calling this person a kid. Also, she was just complaining that he's too serious. So like, which is it? What do we not like about this guy? Apparently everything. And if you want to go down the road of attraction or having physical intimacy, you definitely don't want to call your partner a kid. No, it's not... Yeah, there's not a lot of attraction in that, right? Later towards the end of the episode, they are in the tub on the balcony, which everyone complains is way too hot. And then you get out and it's just hot air. (laughs) Cameron says, I thought I was a great communicator, but you're on another level. Says there are things I can do better at. Claire says, thank you. That's sweet. I need to realize that people don't communicate the same way I do. She realizes that she didn't acknowledge that he does put his arm around her and apologizes that she hasn't been more aware. So I'm super optimistic, maybe overly optimistic, that this truly was a realization for her and she will start to realize when he does say that she looks nicer, that he is attracted to her or puts his arm around her. I did feel like this scene was a rare instance that does give us hope for them long term. Because they can communicate this way and even when they're talking about the things they've done wrong or maybe not done enough of, they are apologizing and the person wholeheartedly takes that apology. They accept their apology and it seems like they can move on very well like into a clean slate. I am going to be hesitant though. I just 
I need to see more from them, not necessarily being intimate, but just being, being more affectionate and start going down that path of developing feelings. And I just, I think we're a long ways away from that. Now onto the couple that's stressing me out. We have Lauren and Orion. Lauren says that she started to sleep separately to give Orion space, but eventually went back into the room at about 5 a.m. Then they went swimming in a cave. Like, I don't know what this is called. (laughs) So that's all I wrote. Would it be a grotto? Anyway. Who knows? Auntie Lauren (laughs) is, is struggling because you imagine what kind of sleep or lack of sleep she got that night. Because you're probably waking up, going to bed, waking up, going to bed. Oh, it's five. Oh, I don't want him to be think some type of way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back into bed. Not a good night. No. <laughs> While they're swimming and then out of the water hanging out, they talk about how they're feeling since the incident. Orion says it was a lot. He says there's a lot of things that I don't move on. Who I am, where I'm from. I hold pride in it and you do too. He says he wasn't upset but that he couldn't formulate words that would be respectful to Lauren. I think that means you're upset. Just saying. Though maybe he defines it a little differently. So maybe he thinks upset is like angry. As to where maybe he was disappointed. Like maybe he's splitting it that way, even though upset encompasses a lot. That was hard for me to read. I think in a way he's trying to word it as, I don't have negative feeling towards you, but I know I need to cool off. Exactly. Lauren says we both deal with insincere, ignorant comments every day and we shouldn't have to come home to that. That's a great way to put it. Overall, I thought this conversation was really productive. I think they were both sincere in what they said. And I think it's good that they both clarify that they don't want to run from hard conversations. They do want to talk about their differences and who they are. No, I think you're spot on because inevitably what we see also in the group scenes is that they do have, they still have that bond. They're still being intimate. They're still touching. So they are trying to move this forward. But again, it's almost like this couple is we have to be, or we have to start thinking or getting in the mindset of we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable with them. Totally. Later in the evening, Lauren brought Orion his favorite ice cream while they sit at the resort and talk. She gets like so many points for this. For being together such a short amount of time and remembering his favorite ice cream flavor. I will say you will remember some stuff like this. Yeah, I try. And I hope it gets me points too. <laughs> it, was, it was very sweet. I don't remember if they showed us that portion of the scene. If they did, I didn't remember it. What scene? Well, they were doing a replay of them laying in the bed and he mentions his favorite ice cream flavor. Oh, yeah. I don't remember it either. I don't know if I'm like brain dumping every week. But then I was like, oh, wait, was that a, just a scene that wasn't shown? Did they show that? Because oh. I did not catch that. But Good it was point. very cool to see. It shows I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm listening. It means I care. Yes. And after that hard conversation, that's exactly what you want. They agree that they're both givers and that they are both happy. And then they pinky promise at the end. Ah, and then they go out for dinner and it made me so sad. Here's the thing with them. I think they are both kind souls, but I think they are very hard headed. 
Oh, we discussed this when we were talking about it. And I said, I see myself in them. And you know exactly what that means. A little too sensitive sometimes and way too hard headed a lot of the time. And that's I can see my annoying self in that. It's weird, though, because sometimes when they have these conversations, I feel like one person wants to get past it and just say, you're correct or or something like that. Mm. But you can almost feel like they are not buying that. Like they have their own beliefs in if something was okay or not okay, and they can move past it, but it's still a problem in their mind. Mm -hmm. Now for this incident, you're about to break down. I am wondering if it's something they can move past. I personally don't think so. Well, well, let's just cover it and then we'll talk about it at the end because sure. I I think we're just, we're done. They were so cute at the beginning of the dinner. Lauren talks about how she caught herself looking at her husband. The conversation turns real uh, intimate, if you will. Lauren likes skin-to-skin contact and imagining how things will be sexually. And then she goes into lots of details with uh, how it will start. It was getting hot and heavy. I mean, they were basically breaking down if they were getting it in, how it was going down. So much so like it was going down that night. You can't do this much talking about it and not do something. I mean, we started talking about how many toys each person has, which I have a question on that in a moment. Lauren talks about uh, how they can have a red room and that she likes to explore her partner's body but also wants it to be organic. Then the the question that should be avoided. Basically, Orion opens up and says that it's been a little bit more than a year and a half since he's had sex. Lauren says she had sex two months ago, probably down to the day. Now, here's the thing. Mind you, people, I'm coming from a place where this was my couple that's going to save this season. Like, yeah. I, if anyone was going to make it, I pick them. They were my couple. You know, every season we have a couple. They were ours. Now, there is little hints in body language in their responses. For example, when Orion says it's been a year and a half or more than a year and a half, Lauren does give him the, oh, like, that's, you know, like, oh, that's a while. That's been yeah. a while. But but it, she it, does not shame him. N- I get that. True. Just pointing that out. True, true. But in a way saying, oh, like, I think that's quite a while, but (laughs) I'm not going to. Okay, like we can move forward. But in a way, I know she didn't mention anything, but in a way, it's almost why would you make that gesture? Now, again, didn't mention any of it, so not really going to go too deep, but. I think it's just surprising. True. And Ellie and I talked about this. It is a bit surprising because. Again, we're talking about sex. Uh, Orion's 27. I would imagine, you know, peak sex time is probably 20s to 40s. Why have you not had sex in a year and a half? Do not tell me about your girth certificate when it's not being used. The certificate might have expired. Now, that's cool and all that he mentioned. He's in a different place, whereas... If he's going to give himself to someone, it has to be meaningful. Mm -hmm. Totally get that. That's cool and all. 
But then my other counter was, and again, we didn't go into detail, nor do we maybe want to, of what kind of sex toys you have. But (laughs) I was curious in someone who has, or excuse me, hasn't had sex in a year and a half and almost made it sound like it's more than that for me. It's a connection with someone, Mm -hmm. but then has multiple, if not a... He said hand, a collection. Well, a full hands amount of sex toys. But maybe that plays into wanting the connection with someone. Is you, I mean, you still have desires. You still have sure, wants. Sure. And so that will fulfill that until a person comes along that you have a meaningful relationship with. That's fair. That's fair. I was more trying to connect that to you clearly have a sexual drive but you were almost bashing Lauren for having sex two months ago. Oh, I see where we're going with this. Yeah, yeah that's, oh, that's, okay. that's where I'm going. Like, why are you making comments about her having sex two months ago when you clearly do have a sexual drive? Oh, that's a great point. Now. Yeah. So is this a case of two people just filling that need separately or in different ways? I think so. And I don't think any way is wrong. I think the way we've judged people before, we're like, oh, it was like two weeks ago when I had sex with someone. I'm like, okay, that's that's terrible. We The only time we judge it is when it's like, basically, you knew you were going to be picked. Like You knew you were going to marry someone. Yeah. And you still had sex with someone else. The reason we or I poke at that is because... I think if you take this seriously, you do have to get your mindset of, I am about to commit myself to someone for life. Mm -hmm. Like that is the mind. If you don't have that mindset, like what, you know, unless you're like here for clout or some other crap, like why are you doing this show? Like your mindset should be, this is my forever person. So in that mindset, if you know that person is waiting, why are you sleeping with other people? Now with Lauren, she was super upfront. Like, oh, it was before I even knew I was picked. So at this point, she doesn't even know if she's moving forward in this process. Yeah, and two months is like a good chunk of time. Yeah, I think that's a definitely a good chunk of time, and Orion did not take it that way. He has no reason to feel like that, and I think he's letting his emotions get to him because it's not unreasonable what Lauren did. He says, I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable. When he found out that he had a match... He was engaged. And she confirms, yeah, me too. Because at two months, she didn't know if she was selected yet. I mean, you find out, what, a week and a half, two weeks before? Two months? Like, that's plenty of time. I hated when Orion insinuated uh, something not so kind here when he says, I know what I want and I don't want to hand myself out. That's a low blow. That That is definitely a low blow because we don't know what Lauren's process was. Yeah. Like we don't know anything about that encounter. So to assume she's just handing herself off. Cause that's really what you're insinuating. That is what he's saying. Uh, that's, that's uh, disrespectful. She asks how he feels about it. And Orion says it took sex off the table for me. Lauren says, all right, what's next since sex is done. That might have been the moment. Where Lauren checked out. Yep, that's it. There's nothing more. She probably feels that we've had some moments, conversations, discussions, disagreements, arguments, whatever it may be. 
And she might be thinking like, we're kind of, we've been good about recovering and apologizing and, you know, working it out. And mind you, it's only been like six, seven days. And Lauren's probably thinking, I can only take so much of this, not a little bit of walking on eggshells, but Mm -hmm. sort of like, I always have to be careful with what I say because it weighs heavily on him. And now being judged for having sex two months ago and essentially being denied sex. She's like, I'm, I'm done. Like I cannot deal with this person, which goes to show like you've only known this person for seven days. How much can you really put up with as far as, you know, either personal shots or just disagreements where you're kind of do just check out. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I don't need to be with you. I've only known you for seven days. Exactly. And I think the same thing, like, am I going to like, yes, you're married and that's a very big level of commitment, but am I going to stand that someone is insinuating? I hand myself out. Like, do I need to respect and apologize to that person when they're insulting me? I don't think so. I think this upcoming conversation with Pastor Cal, I believe, is going to be interesting. I wonder if we're going to have this moment where Orion talks to all the dudes and they say like he's in the wrong. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think he should get a wake up call that in this moment, I don't think he was in the bright light. No, I went to bat for him last week, but this is too far. (laughs) Now on to the plethora of hangouts. First, we have the girls hang out in the pool at the resort. And everyone kind of gives updates on where they are in their relationship, kind of the snags that they've hit along the way. Claire says Cameron and I aren't the most physically affectionate. And she expands on this and talks about how she has struggled with this in the past. And previous guys did not kind of initiate PDA with her. When she sees the other couples, it makes her feel weird that they don't have the immediate attraction. And I don't don't think she should say we. Correct. There is some interesting tidbits there. Cameron already mentioned that he was getting a type of energy from you. And it wasn't like rip my clothes off energy or hold me in your arms energy. It was like, it just wasn't there. Yeah. And you're admitting that this same sort of flow has happened in previous relationships. So again, going back to, well, is Cameron the issue or are you the issue? (laughs) Yeah. Especially if this has been seen in your previous relationships and you kind of admit that you're not the most affectionate person in a relationship, at least. Mm -hmm. Becca gives her great advice and tells her to lean into his physicality. Claire says, well, Cameron doesn't even try. And then the girls have to point out, well, he did have his arm around you. The girl said, roll the tape. (laughs) And then she was like, oh, okay, that's true. And I was like, wow, are you really blind to that? Or are you trying to sell these gals a story? Which way is it? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I was just taking this as face value. She's just not aware or just, yeah, just not aware of what's going on when he's trying to send a a signal. I really hope that's the case. Lauren talks about how her and Orion are trying to figure out their individuality and their separate cultures. She does say that they are both resolution oriented though. This was before the argument over dinner. So take that with a grain of salt. (laughs) 
Emily talks about how it felt normal to go from single to married and that they don't have issues. Do you think that's more, and I have my own thoughts, but I would imagine this is because it's really easy to be friends when you're on vacation. It is. And I don't think they've gotten into too many details of things that might be different. Emily also expands on her hair and says they've been in dread since this morning. That was right after their date. And I'm like, stop saying dreads. Your hair is tangled. Just say it's tangled. Dreads is an actual like hairstyle. I don't know. You're, you're crossing too many things together. Right. Your extensions being all over the place does not mean I have dreads. Yes. <laughs> Becca talks about how her and Austin have not talked about goals, religion, or politics yet. And I was thinking it's easy to get along with someone when you don't know any of those things. Also, kind of surface level, right? Waving the yellow flag. I'm also <laughs> curious of what do they talk about? Because they're together all the time. Boats that float, video games. That's true. I mean, I guess in day to day you could talk about shows you like, things you do. But, but inevitably you start talking about your life and your day to day and it's almost they must be stopping themselves or one of them. Well, it's from, one, yeah. From getting there. Because I think a lot of conversations when you're with someone that amount of time, mm-hmm. not that they have to go super deep, but you do start bringing up other things or things lead to you forming what their opinions are. For example, maybe if I mention certain documentaries and you're like, yeah, I thought that guy was innocent. And you're like, whoa, I definitely thought they <laughs> were guilty. I definitely <laughs> thought they were guilty that, you know, you're getting some insight into like how they think. So what's better? A Lauren and Orion where you just know it's not going to work quick or the Becca Austin method of like, let's go slow on the topics and enjoy this for what it is. If folks feel so strongly about the heavy hitters, right? Politics, religion, kids, money. If you know you will not bend, then it will just won't work, period. There's no point in, oh, let's chill for two months and then we'll find out about those topics. And, oh, yeah, I'm not down with that, so I'm done. Well, you were never going to bend, so what was the point? Now, people that are flexible, they probably know they're flexible or they could see this person is incredible I would try to be flexible for them or bend like whatever my, you know, values are. So what I'm getting to is that I think there's nothing wrong with, for example, if I was dead set on like two kids or I am out and the person just says like, I've only just wanted one kid ever. And like, I'm good. And you'd be like, this is not going to work because I am super set on that. Right. So I think it's okay to mention the, or talk about these things early on. The other counter could be, but what if they wouldn't have found out how flexible they would be until they got to know the person? Mm, Very good point. And this is one of these tough things or, yeah, you can see it both ways and it could maybe work and not work both ways. But I think I would personally like to know that up front. I'm torn. I want to enjoy my little... Like fantasy land. Yeah, that they just disagree. let me enjoy it for they a little bit. They disagree with everything. They agree with everything you agree with. Let's have with. a good time. And then in a week, let me break up. <laughs> the slightest tangent. Every damn drink I see on these episodes looks so good. <laughs> Anytime like someone brings out a drink, he's always like, oh, that looks nice. <laughs> 
They just look like some super bomb cocktails. I'll take you out to drink one of these nights. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Moving on to the guys hangout, Cameron talks about how they had a breakthrough. They were more playful than he realized, and they both have a mixture of silly and serious. He talks about how good Claire is at communicating how she feels, but he doesn't understand what she wants. And I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, she says what she feels, but not... She doesn't say, like, I want you to put your arm around me. I want you to touch me. I want PDA. She just kind of has her negative comments, and then she talks about how she feels. And then that's kind of it. And then Cameron again talks about how attractive she is, which I really hope that he's telling her as well. Like, I know he has, but she needs more. Do you think this is... Lauren alluded to it before where I need validation or, you know, I need Mm -hmm. that... And I wonder if Claire unknowingly needs that as well. I think it's unknowingly. Yeah. Because I don't remember her ever bringing that up. I wonder if it's because Claire's personality, she seems very like strong and, and comfortable with who she is. So I wonder if, yeah, that's just something you miss. It's like you don't know you need this. Orion says that Lauren is everything that he wanted and kind of glosses over everything else that happened. Brennan talks about how Emily is everything that he wanted, a friend and a partner, and how nice it was to see her embrace new adventures, and he's excited to do more first. Austin says, so, uh, like, yeah, I think things are going well. This goes back to our earlier conversation where he's really trying to hold back how much he wants to express of how well their relationship really is going because he does hear stories of, for example, Ryan, they're kind of back and forth and and they're working through things, but, and everyone does mention like one con at least of like things they've noticed, but it's almost like he can't even mention one. So probably too vague, but I get where he was going. Then there is the first attempt to go on the boat. It's thunder, lightning. It's just not going to happen. As they're waiting to get the final word from the cruise director, everyone is napping, sleeping on their partners, and Cameron moved so that he could stretch his legs. Claire asks, why did you move? And he kind of like points down and is like, space, like more space. Okay. For our listeners, if you fly Southwest, if you don't have any perks, like you just get shafted with like B or C or I don't even know if they have a D, like boarding, but... If you pay for the upgrade to board in A, like 1 through 15, there are two special seats on a Southwest flight. They are exit row seats. These seats are special because there is no seat in front of you. Now, if you are tall or just love legroom, I always go for this seat. It is the greatest seat on that plane, in my opinion. Now, when Cameron moved, he immediately reminded me of me. When you stretch your legs like that, especially on a plane, that's the exact same feeling of like, ah, I get to stretch out. Incredible. I would not knock someone for needing legroom. And he's tall. He's like 6'4", 6'3". So Claire expected him to, uh, and I know know what you're going to say and I can't wait for it, but you expected him to like, angle his body to be able to kick his legs out in the aisle but 
that sounds more uncomfortable than just moving to the seat over and just stretching out. So you can probably only stretch one leg in that scenario, not both. Fair. And then you lose your back support. Which now goes back to... Apparently Claire was fine with that. She was fine being the pillow. And Cameron mentions like, okay, yeah, that was a bad assumption. But in a way, he's using logic to figure out, okay, these are the signals Claire's giving me. I don't know if she would be comfortable with me leaning up against her. And one, if they weren't so comfortable with each other, that could also be seen as rude. Like, why do you think you could just lean up against Exactly. Me? Now, then she mentions to him that it was okay, but it's like, he can't assume, like he can't assume that way in the way your relationship is going. She says you didn't have to move. You could have put your legs that way. He says I made a poor assumption. She says yes you did. We talked about this yesterday. Does this give you a little bit of a maybe a soft controlling vibe? It goes along with her constant little comments. It's the same thing to me. You never know what she wants, but she always says what she feels. Yeah. And again, trying to put myself in that moment, I would not poke at my partner when they clearly just moved to the seat with a ton of leg room. <laughs> the primo seat. Like I would not give them shit for that. Claire's like quite petite and I don't think she knows the feels. Oh, not even close. <laughs> Not even close. We're almost talking about a foot and a half. Yeah. It's a different world, baby. It's a different (laughs) world. Claire isn't putting out the vibes and definitely not verbally addressing the fact that she wants PDA and she wants him to touch her all the time. And so I don't blame him at all for just assuming he shouldn't make that jump. But look at that thought process. We have maybe hugged once. We don't hold hands. We probably definitely 100% do not cuddle in bed. Mm-hmm. Why would you assume I could just lean up against you? And like squish you. <laughs> Can you imagine if he did that? This, this, okay, I'm, I'm acting out for Ellie. There, there's two ways you approach that situation. Uh, Cameron leans up against you. You either put your arms around him and kind of like embrace him mm-hmm. or you... Your hands are, you're both, both of your hands are like in between your lap and you're kind of like squished and yeah. you're awkward. Which one do you think she would have been? Not the squished and awkward. You think she would have embraced Cameron? Okay. I didn't understand the first one. No. <laughs> no, she would have hands to herself. She would have been like, but ah. no, she's way too outspoken. She wouldn't have done that either. She would have been like, can you give me some space? See, I hate that we didn't get that storyline or that scene because now we don't know. And now, now we're we assuming. Know. I hate that. Now I'm. Yeah, now we're assuming. <laughs> Cruise director comes out, says it's just not going to happen. Not today. So they go and have a group lunch together. And there are questions by Becca. Leon needs to produce this podcast more often because he had a wonderful idea. He said that we should answer the questions after we go through their answers. So we're going to do that. I'll timestamp it for you in case this isn't your if you thing. <laughs> don't care at all. Feel free to skip yes, ahead. Yes, not insulted at all. Becca asks Cam, "What is your biggest pet peeve?" He says, "If I go to a grocery store that doesn't have self checkout, I'm walking right out." I don't even know if I've been to a store that doesn't have self checkout recently. This is my thought, though, Cameron. What if, especially in the holidays, because this is what we're in, 
What if that self-checkout line is long as heck? Oh my goodness. What are your options? That store by my parents' house, they'll have one person checking people out and then the self-checkout line for everyone needing like two items is like 15 people deep. Just to give you the example of the Amazon takeover, we have done this already this year. If we are inconvenienced like this, like Cameron mentioned, (laughs) we literally just say, like, let's just order online. Like, it's going to be delivered to our house. I know. What? And if it's not something I need right then. This is going to be dropped off to my house? I don't even have to wait in this line? They were like, well, uh, guess we're putting this back and going home. Like, we've done that already. Most recent example, we were making lemon squares for one of our many desserts we made this Thanksgiving. We couldn't find the specific sugar. And then once we did, we went to the register and we were like, wow, there's so many people. Let's just order it. And it came the next morning. More things I don't know about, for example, hair care and baking. I'm like, what the fuck is caster sugar? What is that? I was like, why do we have different names for different things? Powdered sugar also has a different name. I'm like, why is there a different name? That one's very different, though. Why is there a different name for powdered sugar? Anyway, we eventually, we couldn't find it, so we just got it online. It was just the whole thing. Now, what is your A pet peeve? It could be your biggest pet peeve if you just know off the top. Traffic. I will rearrange my entire day to avoid traffic. That's fair. We definitely do do that. I would say mine is, even though so many people are guilty of it, I hate when people are late to a friend's get together. (laughs) We were late last night. True, but we weren't the latest people. (laughs) We were not by a long shot. That is true. So I like literally committed my own pet peeve. It's fine. But it's still a gripe. Ours was a very casual come and go as you please event. So it was better. Oh, for sure. Like picnic style. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah, it wasn't it was a chill. picnic style, potluck style. Yeah. Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan asks Becca, in what areas in your life do you feel most fulfilled? Becca says, well, my first answer is romance right now. I feel very happy. And that's very sweet. So what areas in your life do you feel most fulfilled? For sure, having Ellie in my life, that one is just huge. Such a good person to have as a life partner. I think, I don't want to say job as far as the company I work for. The company I work for is incredible, but it's more of the domain that I have gone into. I am really fulfilled in that community and in that area of you know, the sector I work in. Like that's your passion. You would do that regardless of if you're getting paid for it or not. For sure. I mean, not only do I do it professionally, I mean, I write about it. Like, yeah, it's just something I, I, I enjoy a lot. Yeah. I think those are the most fulfilling so far. So I'm stealing yours. You are the area of my life that I feel most fulfilled in. Like I joke about it all the time and I'm like, oh, we've been married in past lives. Many Many times, like there's a connection there that is just, I can't even describe it. It's a feeling. I can look at him. We're both thinking the same thing. I joke that we share one brain cell. Like it's, literally, <laughs> there's a good connection. Literally one. And then aside from that, I think being an aunt fulfills me so much. Like I love that role. I love hanging out with the kiddos. I love 
seeing their little personalities develop, their own goals, their own dreams, what, you know, how they're going to get to them. Like, that's such a fun role for me to have. So I feel very fulfilled in being all these kiddos auntie. Yeah, there's something interesting about being able to support someone in that journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love just being like another person that's there for them. Cameron asks Lauren, who in your life can you be the most vulnerable with? Lauren talks about how she can be the most vulnerable with her little sister. And before her, it was her mother. Her and her sister have very similar personalities and the same sense of humor. I'm going to put a spin on this because ours would be too easy. I would say we can't pick each other. Oh, that's hard then. Okay. Most vulnerable. Can I pick two? Sure. Because immediately, like, my mom, number one. Right. And then my best friend. My best girlfriend. She's, I've known her since I was four years old. I, we know everything about each other. There's, I can say anything to her and know I will not be judged in any capacity. I don't have a best friend like to that extent of like this is weird yeah like like mine's weird (laughs) that young which is incredible but i do have yeah and and i don't have a one like you clearly have a one best friend that is like (laughs) obviously like that's the one yeah for me all of my and i you know because i don't i don't say best friends like because you have a group you're very close with i have a group and like i don't think of Cause again, I don't like yours is, it's just so obvious and very powerful. Like that's amazing. I think the group I have, I would feel comfortable being open with any of them. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like, I wouldn't pick one over the other. Yeah. I can totally see that with you. I mean, and I've seen it the other way as well. They've been very vulnerable with you. So that's really nice that a group of men can have that. Mm. I think oh, it's sure. kind of rare. Is it? For sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's an assumption on my part. No, I think Bennett kind of talked about this where he said he keeps his circle tight. Mm -hmm. I think, and I don't know about, you know, you know, guys versus gals, but I I think guys do tend to keep tight circles as far as you can have a big circle of friends, but I think they keep a tight circles of, I will be vulnerable with, you know, these other dudes. Like, I think that is a tight circle usually. Totally. Cam then gets to ask another question, which we were curious by of like why he gets to, but maybe it already went around. But he does ask, what are you most curious about? Emily says, actually being in love, which is why I'm here. I haven't had that chance. And so far, so good. I could go so many ways here. I know. I was um, thinking that too. Is there other life in space? One brain cell. Oh my gosh. That's um, where I was going to go. You know... <laughs> Who killed JFK? I mean, we could, uh, you know, some evidence of Jesus. I mean, there's like just so many things. I, yeah, that's our brain cell. Like, that's where my mind went. Well, that's where mine went too. That's, is and that pro- boring? Probably the top one is like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck if it's a worm out on another planet. I want to know if it's there. Oh, I know. And also, I'm fully confident that there is, like, we can't be the only ones. Yeah, I always think of things, and I don't even know how to give this a term, but I try to look at Earth and just, you know, even think of something so minute like an ant or a flower and be Mm -hmm. like, damn, are we really the only one with an ant? Like, come (laughs) on. There has to be something out there. Does anyone else get kind of a feeling of dread if you, like, think about the Earth too long? 
I'll go stargazing and I'll like look at the moon and then it kind of scares me. And then I got to be like, I just got to get back in my bubble because I'm getting too outside of myself and it makes me feel very uncomfortable. Is it the sheer size of it or just not knowing what's out there? Both. I think realizing like the distance from us to the moon, from us to that star of how many of how like that star is possibly not even a star anymore. And the light has not traveled that far. It might not even be lit anymore. Okay. We can't go on about this too long because this will be a whole podcast. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) About my dread. For sure. (laughs) If you're ever curious, if we ever produce a random catch up episode, this is kind of the vibe it goes down. It goes weird. Lauren asks Orion, what am I teaching you? He says how to talk about the future. And in that I caught feelings. Did he mean he caught feelings like for her? Because that's cute. He probably had just a just a warm feeling in his body. It was mm-hmm. really sweet. Can I go I am, first? Because I already I have am, one. I am so curious what the hell I can teach you because I feel like <laughs> you're so much smarter than me. No, so. no, no, but it's not about like okay. the smartness. No, no, sure. I'm I'm talking about it just in general. You have taught me the importance in patience. Because I don't have a lot of patience. You know, one of my huge goals, like life goals, I've been working on it for a couple years now, is letting things roll off your back, giving a lot more grace than I kind of would out to strangers if someone says something not so kind to me. I mean, because in the end, like none of that matters. And I understand that people aren't always kind, but I don't need to match that energy. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Did not uh, did not think that's where that was going. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's funny. As you said that, I'm like, wow, I talk a lot of shit. So I'm like surprised I'm teaching you that. No, and that's where I think I'm rubbing off on you. Okay. <laughs> no, go back to you. <laughs> Don't take that part of me. I think, so because this is in the holidays, I'll probably give it that spin. But Ellie's taught me a lot of things. But one that... I think is really interesting is that we did holidays when I was a kid and stuff like that, but not like it was almost because it was a thing like we have to do like, yeah, we have a tree and you get like a present, maybe two or whatever. And I think it's like showing me like why these holidays are so important or like what they can bring to someone like Thanksgiving, like, bringing just a bunch of people together and like having food and shooting the shit. And like, that's really cool. Or Christmas. And I know, you know, like consumerism and shit and like, but the point is trying to show someone you care in like this day is like so cool where I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't really feel that when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that that's been really special. And really the point of that is really, I think it was mentioned in this episode as well as, letting people know that you care or in this way, these holidays, like you show people that you care in in some way, whether it's cooking a dish, giving them a gift, whatever it may be. Um, So I think Ellie's taught me that I like to really appreciate these, these holidays. That's so sweet. Cause I do put a lot of, or at least I try to put a lot of emphasis of like always appreciating the time you have together. Mm. Cause it's so rare in these, this day and age, everyone's stressed and running around, Orion then asks Lauren that question as well. And she says, you're helping me expand on what it means to give grace and patience. 
You are very patient, kind, and gentle, and it's helping me be more of that for you. Emily asks Claire, what is the biggest life lessons you have learned? Claire says, to make sure you show people that you care about, that you love them, and that you could lose them at any moment. So what is the biggest life lessons you have learned? Biggest life lessons. Wow. Um, it's so hard. I think, um, I think just, just being kind, um, res- respecting, you know, just everyone, you know, everyone you meet, everyone, you, every, even people you don't know, just give everyone the same respect and, and, you know, just treat people as equals. I think doing that goes a long way in your personal life, in your professional life, um, and I just think it makes you a better person. And, and that's probably the main thing overall is, you know, just, just be, just be a good person. Just be a good human being. Mine is very similar, uh, but a small expansion on that. Like always be kind, show more grace than you're given, be patient, but also on that as well is realize that everyone has a story and something that's helped me is realizing that Yes, people are not always kind, but there's probably a reason for that. I think we talked about this a lot of the times on the pod is that exact point is like every single person out there has a story and every single person is like worth something. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like everyone has value. Like they've had this whole journey to get to this one moment in time, which goes back to like even when you meet someone, just imagine like all of the life you have gone through and all of the the journeys and the ups and downs. And now you get to meet this human being. And it's like, that's so cool. And you should appreciate that. So maybe it's kind of corny, but I believe there's like a connection among all people. Like there's no coincidences. The people that come into your life, even for a, a fraction of time, were meant to be there. Sure. I think Cameron kind of alludes to in one of his future uh, responses as well. Cam says that he's very guilty of taking people he loves for granted. And Claire put her hand on Cameron's thigh. It was like a cat paw. (laughs) That's what you said. That is the only way I could describe this. It was, it was like if her fingertips only could touch his thigh. Like if you zoomed in, there might have been air between (laughs) her fingertips. Hovering. And his thigh. Orion asks Cam, what is the hardest part about yourself to accept? Cameron starts to answer, but then Claire says like, oh, you got something on your face. And like, that's kind of loving, right? Sure. Or was it weird timing? We'll we'll keep it positive. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Cam talks about how there's a lot of his memories that don't align with who he is anymore. Large portions of his life feel like he is watching a movie and it's difficult. He says when he was younger, he hated school and he was a troublemaker. His parents' divorce affected him a lot, but all of that aligned perfectly to be here with his wife. So I totally forgot. What was the original question? What is the hardest part about yourself to accept? Man, I think one of the hardest things is probably my parents weren't super loving. Like they, they love us, but they won't necessarily tell you, or it's almost like I gave you a warm home food and, you know, close your school. But it's like, it's almost like it stopped there. 
And I feel like that has probably impacted the ways I approach some things. And I try not to think about it too much either. Cause it's almost like you're spacing. Like you start thinking like, Oh, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's too big. And like, I, I try to stop myself. Cause I'm like, I feel like that can get really dark. And I just like, yeah, I think for me, there are instances in my life where I could have pushed myself a lot harder. Mm, okay. And I think mm-hmm. by taking the easy route, sometimes that may have not been the best route. So it's hard for me to accept the unknown, I guess, of if I did go that route, what would life be like now? Are you thinking something like uh, school decisions, career decisions? Mostly kind of school and work related. I mean, I'm very happy with where I'm at now, but I just think there could have been a different route. I definitely see the way you work. Definitely push yourself pretty hard too hard (laughs) and is it maybe because is it because of that or like that's but that's why i'm a workaholic and that's not good either and like what's the balance you let some a deadline pass but does that reflect poorly on you or do you give up your weekend to make sure that doesn't right but but i think i think you're looking at it wrong because that would probably be more on like management and leadership and like are our people overloaded are we giving them deadlines that are within a this person has a life time frame to complete you know th- these kind mm-hmm. of things like i don't think yeah it's definitely not on on us as like the workforce that's true everyone ends the conversation by talking about how lucky they are and i thought it was very sweet boat trip number 2 it is successful it is nice out it is not raining this is going to be a call that and I know these things probably have to get bugged way ahead of time, but did they go to Cancun in like rainy season? I think so. I think so. Because they had their winter weddings. Maybe it was just stormy season, which is rain season. Sorry. I mean, what am I saying? <laughs> I feel like every year we have something to bitch about as far as the honeymoon spot, whether it was like, for example, Florida. Oh, Mirla. Oh, Mirla. my girl. <laughs> And now we're in Cancun, so we're all like, hell yeah. And then we're like, oh, it's only raining. (laughs) Emily brings up her hair again and thanks Brennan for how he handled it. Brennan then gives her credit and says that she always had a smile on her face and that she still wanted to participate in all of the activities. Kind of the meat of this portion of the episode is when Becca, Austin, Lauren, and Orion talk while sailing on the boat. Is it sailing? Oh, no. Clint, you'll be so disappointed. <laughs> Ride the boat. But boating? I don't know. Boating? <laughs> sure. See, I don't do these activities. W- waiting? <laughs> <laughs> We're not boat people. I'm trying to get Ellie to go on our cruise. If you've gone on our cruise, fucking hit yeah. us up on DM and tell us how dope it was. Do not tell us it was terrible. Let me know how many people in your party got sick. None is the right answer. (laughs) Let me know how motion sickness you got. Because I'm trying to get Ellie on our cruise. (laughs) Orion talks about being a giver and how a lot of the time it's not reciprocated, meaning in previous relationships, not now. Lauren talks about also being a giver and that while it may seem small, it's not small to her. Again, remembering the ice cream flavor, like these things are very important. Becca talks about how she asked the experts for a genuinely good person. And she's relieved that she feels good and safe with Austin. 
Austin echoes that he also feels safe and he is relieved. We cut to Brennan and Emily for a quick second, and he talks about how he has a very close circle and only a few close friends that he lets into that circle. He says that she's getting close and trust is one of the biggest things he looks for. He says, you're really starting to earn my trust. Emily says, so I'm not in the circle yet, more on the outer ring. I think that bugged her. It's tough because it's just been a couple of days. I mean, it, it it's so hard, but we need to have realistic expectations for this process. I'm sorry. In six <laughs> days, you are not in the inner circle. Inner circle is hard to get into. Another way to look at it is it took these people years to get into the inner circle. If you get into it in like two weeks, you're doing really good. <laughs> Cam really hesitated on putting his arm around Claire, but she said it was okay. So we're making progress. Also not very, I want to say, it's not very intimate if you have to sort of validate what is okay. (laughs) Like every time. In that moment, it's kind of takes you out of the moment. I keep going back and forth in my head how I'm like, oh, I just wish Claire would say what she wants. Like, put your arm around me. But you're totally right. It takes kind of the romantic aspect out of it if you constantly have to ask for it. Like asking for anything, basically. We went back and forth on this where does Cam- does Cameron need to just take charge and just kind of go all in? But then you mentioned, I don't even know if Claire would be down for that. I don't think she would. That's where the mixed signals come in. Like you can't read her. And then what she says is different than the energy she puts off. Like if they're walking down a street in Cancun and he goes for like a hip hold, which now that I think about it would be a really awkward. (laughs) You're really like low. (laughs) Awkward hip hold. But would that be reciprocated? Like, would that be cool? I don't know. I don't think so. You You seem like you were leaning towards no. Yeah, I don't think so. Cameron talks about how he feels like he's more comfortable putting his arm around her now and holding her hand. She says, yeah, she feels comfortable too. But I'm like, but your little cat paw on his thigh was like (laughs) the most we saw. (laughs) Something to note, have we seen them holding hands on video? I don't think so. I I can't recall a time. We have seen instances of folks where they're a little bit different when the cameras are on. I do wonder if Claire is very, how do you say, very aware that the cameras are on, Mm -hmm. how she's being portrayed. She's a professional. I do wonder if she dials it back when the cameras are on. I could definitely see that. Cameron says, between the two of us, I think this has been the hardest on you. She says, why do you say that? Cameron says, I think I'm more willing to be in an uncomfortable situation says he's feeding off the energy between the two of them. Claire says if we continue to let that happen, it will be a disaster. So is she realizing it? I think Cameron was trying to say that I am more comfortable where we currently are than I think you are. And they finish up by Cameron saying, you're easy on the eyes. Ah, Validation. So hopefully she clocked it, recognized it, stored it. Now, if someone was working towards a little uh, getting alignment, would you then say you're not so bad yourself? Or do you just kind of like take the compliment? You're like, confirmed, (laughs) confirmed. (laughs) I think you have to say something nice back. (laughs) 
I don't recall feeling like anything was returned there. I don't think so. So that's not, again, when we're talking about the energy, the vibes that she is putting out, that's a good example. Back to the other couples talking. Orion talks about the fears of reality. Brennan says he doesn't like to set expectations. And Emily brings up that she is already talking about what will go wrong when they get back. So she's really concerned they haven't like had any bit of reality yet. Talking about anything that could be, you know, a hard conversation, I think is really adding to her worries of when they get back. You know, if you're coming from a place where you're comfortable with who you are, you're like all in, what is the hesitation? Are you fearful that someone's going to reject like essentially your beliefs, which essentially is who you are? So yeah, probably just, just those core values, those core of who you are. But going back to, I mean, if you feel that way so strongly and it, they don't agree, well, good on you. Like, let's end this right now. Like, let's But also not- bad on the experts. Because why would they do oh, that to sure, you? Oh, sure, sure. But we've talked about it before. Like, if this is for sure a, what do they, what do they love to use? A, um, like a hard line. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to, you need to voice that on your, you know, documents or write that down. Like, this is a for sure. I need hair on that head. <laughs> I just hope they wouldn't do someone like that. Lauren says, I don't think there's much that would make us absolutely hate each other. And I, we'll see. We'll see. You caught something that we talk about every single season. The editing. How you don't see some people say things that are pretty key in an episode or reactions to things that are said Mm -hmm. but in this case you showed me how this almost looks like an entirely fabricated conversation because lauren's jacket well she has a little like cover-up on sure which has sleeves and then it ties at the waist but it's kind of open in the middle like almost like a deep v at the beginning of the conversation lauren's sleeves are on or no they're off excuse me The sleeves are off and then they're on and then they're off and then they're on. And then at the end of the conversation, they're on and tied. And it's like, it's going back and forth, back and forth. And so I'm like, is any of this conversation even real? I'm just curious. Did you notice that on first watch? No, not at all. I couldn't. The moment I noticed off and then on, it was like my, maybe it's like ADHD or something. (laughs) It's like my brain could only focus on that. And every time they cut, I'm like, what is going on in this scene? Like, why are things not the same? And the conversation is flowing so in order. It makes me question, like, were they even talking about this? Because clearly they're cutting a lot because every single time we cut to Lauren, her top is different. This is, we've seen this, excuse me, we've heard about this before of where, oh, we were like shooting all night and for whatever reason, I do wonder if they have slip ups or mess up. Do they just ask like, hey, can we redo that? Oh, definitely. And it's like, man, that would take you out of a moment. Yeah. If someone's just repeating their words. Because it's not really a conversation at that point. It's lines. Exactly. So are they cutting together lines that the whole thing was said, but it was like there was mess ups in there. So now we have to clean it up. I guess. But I, I don't like to see it. I want it to be a little bit more clean. I'm just thinking from, you know, your editing perspective, like if 
I was the editor and someone gave me notes of like all this craziness and like scenes you have to cut together. I'm like, wow, that is fucking terrible. Yeah, no. In the end, everyone is watching the sunset together and they say they're best friends now. Success for Married at First Sight. Best friends. There needs to be a study done on maths because it's getting to the point where they are really good at matching up friends <laughs> they versus are. matching up couples. <laughs> now, I know there's a lot less on the line when you're just friends versus a married couple, but a lot of the seasons, it seems like people have made really good friends through this experience. They have. And I mean, even when we talk to past season castmates, they're like, yeah, we text every day, but their marriage didn't work. On the next time on, Cameron touches Claire. That's all I wrote. I don't even really remember the scene. <laughs> it was probably so short and a hard cut. We didn't, I, I don't even like, I didn't even recollect it. Oh, okay. It is the final days of the honeymoon and we see Cameron come in with what looks like 50 roses. Okay, I joked about this. Wouldn't it be a funny trip if it was Claire that gave the roses to Cameron? I would love it. That would be such a good twist. Now, I know what y'all are feeling. Because Ellie was already starting to feel it. I can see her leg kind of tapping. She was kind of over it. She wants the honeymoons to end. Now. Oh, me. Yes. You. Sorry. For a second, I thought we were talking about Claire. No, yes, you. (laughs) And I'm like, F that. I love the honeymoons. This is on my favorite time on the honeymoons and the, the reunions, the, the, the get together, whatever they call it. Amazing. Those are like some of the best times on maps. And the fact that we have one more episode in the honeymoon, I am thankful for. I think it's just because this episode had so much friend time that I was like, yeah, let's get back home. Sure. We see Austin basically refusing to talk about tough things you know the core questions now is this gonna be a fabricated storyline to make you think it wouldn't work between them i am hesitant oh i don't think it'll break them up i just think it'll be a little source of stress a little bit of brennan comes out and i don't like what i see emily asks do you know how to have fun brennan says what kind of fucking question is that I need some background information. What was the scene? What Why was happened? the camera so far away? So he thought he wasn't being picked up. No, or did they have to walk away to have this side He's conversation? He's still mic'd up is what I'm saying. So this is when his family's like, oh, he kind of has a temper. What could have happened? That That's your reaction. I don't like it. Cameron has to go to the hospital and Claire doesn't go with him. And then has the comment of like, oh, is he just going to leave? Like, go with him. You're his wife. I'm curious. He seemed he seemed okay. I'm curious what the big rush to the hospital was. Super constipated. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that would you could still like walk and be okay, but uncomfortable. Remember when we went to Mexico and they were still testing for COVID for reentry? Oh, yes. What if they were like, Cameron, you didn't know we had to do that? Like, Dude, you got to go. Or oh, my gosh. Gonna, what if he low-key was positive? And, you're, like, not going to be able to come back with us. He's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> so he's, like, running to the hospital. It's, like, not even a thing. She should go, though. That was... You're going to stay at a dinner? Go be with your husband. That was a bit odd. 
Lauren and Orion somehow get into another fight. And she says she wants a divorce. Did she actually say that or did Pastor Cal ask? Pastor Cal said that he heard that she was already asking for a divorce. Oh, so it's bad, bad. Yeah. So I don't even do. I don't think they move in together. I'm going to say it right now. This is this is just our look. First, we have March Badness, which goes to shit. (laughs) Now we pick the couple to save the season. And they might be. Well, besides Michael, you know, that's a situation. They might not. Are we going to be down to three couples? No, because they're going to bring someone for Michael. Oh, so they're thinking we cannot be down to three. Hey, Michael, do you? I think that's we, exactly. We, we have a second chance. Her name's Lauren. No, 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 no. no <laughs> okay, no. I wasn't going that no, route. No, no, but. No, no, no. but <laughs> wow, if we went down to three couples, one, I think a lot of people would check out, and two, these episodes better go down in time. Oh, I would love a shorter episode. I would take it. I mean, I'm thinking. I might take three couples over bringing Michael back. <laughs> I'm thinking a little Sister Wives, 42 minutes, and we're good. Yeah. Isn't it kind of strange to bring someone in potentially a week or two later like is their decision day the same even if they don't get a honeymoon and that would be a all this other stuff you don't get a honeymoon you get a four-week process <laughs> i don't know if you want to add validity to this i mean you're already shafting the experiment by saying you get this weird shortened version and your chances of success are even lower mm-hmm. so that's a real wild card anything else no frankly i did not think we were going to record this long no this i didn't think that much happened but i think our questions really lengthened it i think this was an incredible episode i shouldn't say incredible i mean our, no this episode we're recording oh, is an incredible episode, episode. <laughs> the mass episode was it was okay it was, it was chill. Right. it was chill uh sad to see that we're it feels like we're witnessing orion and lauren's downfall so that's a bummer. Really hope Cameron and Claire keep progressing. And, you know, the other couples are kind of cruising. But, you know, Emily and Brennan, they're kind of uh, it's feeling a little. Yeah, it's, a, it's getting a little rough. Uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to one more episode in the honeymoon stage. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have a nice week. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later.